Hi, and welcome to Mousechat. It's Steve again, and I uh, still have, if you listened to our last show, I still have uh, Lauren and Sharpie with us. How are you doing? Hiya. Howdy, Steve. Oh, I got hiya and a howdy. Hiya, Lauren, <laughs> howdy, Sharpie. I don't know. It feels a little forced when you do uh, it. It does. You're like, yeah. uh, Come on. It's like, <laughs> just, just give know. us Lisa. He's, we like you, Steve, but, but just give us Lisa. Lisa is still out, so I'm filling in. But we have some really cool stuff. Like, So we saw um, some Skyliner videos. We have not been on it before, but we've talked about the Disney Skyliner over at Walt Disney World uh, getting ready to open. And it is, quote, unquote, in cast preview, which is more of a, actually, a, it sounds like a soft opening. So you can't, you can't actually yeah, write it. there's a really it. long line for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially at Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've seen all the Disney fans because they're so excited about it. They're on uh, Facebook Live, riding it, posting live videos, and making recordings. And I, it looks it looks pretty cool. I mean, the views from up there that I've seen uh, look pretty. I've seen some daytime views and some nighttime views, and it's you get some really nice panoramic views and the sunsets and the lights and everything. So it's I which I. Somehow didn't really think about when I thought about being that high up. It, it looks like you get some cool views of uh, Caribbean Beach and some other areas. Some people are really excited about it, but others are still up in the air. Oh, oh my God. gosh. I can't. <laughs> Lisa is not here to defend you. Oh. I know. I, know. I, I have you and Steve both giving me, the, both giving me the groans. I We're know. both doing the put our heads oh. in our hand and shake our head thing right exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. Face palm. Uh, but it officially opens September 29th. Uh, so it's, it's exciting to have a new transportation option. Uh, there's been so much back and forth about the air conditioning, no air conditioning. Then they confirmed no air conditioning. Uh, everyone that I have either talked to or that I've seen a, a review posted online says th they're pretty breezy. So like there, there's quite a bit of air movement in the cabins, uh, the way they have the, uh, the, the venting louvered uh, really creates a lot of airflow within the cabins. What I worry about are, are emergencies and emergency evacuations and what happens if you get stranded or have a medical emergency. And the, the, it, there, there's, there's just so much – there's so much to be said. There's so much to think about from, from a safety and engineering perspective. But, of course, Disney thinks all this stuff through. Um but what I find most amusing is their justification for taking the old uh, cable car system out of the Magic Kingdom was that it was down so frequently due to the weather. So they put in one that's several miles long. So, so that's interesting. Do you, so is it have the same, would it have the same issues now because of lightning? Is it still the same type of thing where? It has to Lightning, stop. Lightning, wind, storms, yeah. rain. I, I do I think mean, it's going to be down a lot because of that. And I, I think that's, I think it, it's going to do a couple things to the busing system. First off, Disney is going to be reducing their overall bus system capacity just because yeah. of the system is moving, has the, the potential to move so many guests at a, at a very efficient pace versus busing. Uh, but when this system is down, they're going to need to call up bus services in order to move guests in a more uh, efficient manner rather than just standing around wait, wait, waiting for it to reopen. 
So I, I think there there's going to be a, quite a few operational hiccups in my opinion on this system over the first year, year and a half, maybe even two years. Uh, but I think overall it, it, there's, it's going to be a, a net positive for the, for the resort. Uh, just, just the, the value that it's going to bring in making better connections, uh, different ways uh, to connect different resorts uh, and different parks. So it's, it services both Hollywood studios and Epcot. Uh, and, and there, there are stations, stations along the route. And then also that really Hollywood studios is kind of the offshoot line uh, between Riviera, Caribbean beach, uh, art of animation and pop century. So, so your longest ride is going to be from from your from your furthest points out, of course. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited to ride it. Excited, just excited to give it a try. Uh, being the fact that that there's going to be the the back entrance at Epcot, we talked about this a couple shows ago about s- such an increased capacity at that back gate, uh, where the International Gateway access to Epcot has always been kind of like a hidden secret because yeah. it didn't have a whole lot of access uh, for folks staying at Swan Dolphin beach club, yacht club boardwalk that those were really the only people that used that back gate, unless someone parked at, at one of those resort hotels or had a dining reservation there. And there's uh, not a lot of room to expand that area to allow for larger crowds. So I do think it's going to be more crowded. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. When, when we were, when we were, we were just there and they, you could see where they were adding security lines and adding more turnstiles. So they're definitely yeah, be- but it's beefing still it up not, as much. I know it's, it's, it's still it's, only going to be like four across. It's yeah, not going to be definitely tighter. It used to be, you know, where that Skyliner station is now that used to be a tram station. They used to have a, you know, the trams they have in the parking lot at Epcot. They used mm-hmm. to have those trams that ran to the resorts around the lake. And then My they God, would, I would love that. Yeah, and then really? they yeah, and that's why that I whole I had no that. idea. That's why that whole big cement round oval is there where they built the station. That's used to be where you would you would drop off on the tram, and then it I, would roll around. You you know I learn something new every day. There you go. Me too. And yeah. I hate to say it, but it's rarely from Steve because Steve doesn't pay too much attention. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes I'm like, Steve, have you even been to Disney oh, World? <laughs> but yeah, but yeah when it first I had opened, no idea. There, so was it like a parking lot tram? Yeah, it was a big, it was a, a bigger tram and it used to pull in right there and drop people off and it went around. I, I don't remember if it was gas or whatever, but that's how that whole oval shape. So did it there. run? Did yeah. it run on the boardwalk as well? Yeah, it used to run all those, it would go all those resorts around there. But I, this was probably before Dolphin and Swan, so it probably just did Beach Club and Boardwalk. It was whenever early Epcot was there. So you could take the tram or the boat, but then there was not enough people for the tram or the boat or walking, so you would just walk. Well, a long time ago. That was the, <laughs> and so now it's and so they had this, yeah, so they had that huge area for nothing. And then that, so it fits perfectly for the Skyliner. But yeah, it's, um, it was my favorite way to get in and out of there. And staying at those resorts was really nice because it was super quick. Uh, so the definitely, they've added capacity. But yeah, I think like Lauren's right. You, you just can't add enough now that you've added the train or the uh, Skyliner. 
Unless they're planning on doing like bag checks on the other side. Uh, I still might. mm, Oh, for the (laughs) train. I thought I still saw the bag. Well, they still have to do the bag checks for the people coming from the boat and walking. But do you think they're going to move those beyond the tram station, though? So they did move them further up. Yeah, they were moving them. Yeah. But I feel like they were right in line with the tram station. I don't know. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember now. So yeah, maybe the people on the tram are already, they have their own and they're going through a separate bag check. On, if they do that, then they'll be okay. And then they would, cause they would just come and then they would um come right off into the park. Uh, similar to the way Universal does it, where you, you get checked at the hotels or whatever at the, so you would um at the boat. So that, yeah, so that would make sense. If you get on, I guess, People would before um, you board, you you do it. Yeah, well, whoever I haven't watched enough of those videos, but on the Skyliner videos, it would be interesting to see if people say that they go through security before they get on the Skyliner, and if they do, then they wouldn't have to do it when they got off at Epcot or uh, Hollywood Studios, and that would save. And then they would just have to have a way for those people to bypass security. Yeah, because it's interesting because Epcot opened in October of '82. And then, so the the Beach Club Resort didn't open until 1990. So it, it's really interesting that 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 whole resort area kind of grew up almost a decade after after Epcot opened. Hmm. Yeah, and then they added the boat, and they had the, the little ramp. Fascinating. Like I said, you learn something new every day. But uh, so what else on the? Uh... Anything else on the Skyliner, or do we want to move to the uh, changes in some of the Disney management? Changes? I would say let's 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 talk about the changes that are coming to Disney management on both the <laughs> East and the West Coast, because it's pretty fascinating. Given that we've we've talked quite a bit about the success or lack thereof of the launch of Galaxy's Edge on both coasts. So they the, the the changes that they've announced are impacting not only uh Disney World, Disneyland, uh but but also beyond the the parks in the United States. So do, do you want to talk about uh, George's leadership experience? Steve <laughs> Yeah, or or the Walt Disney World. So Walt Disney World, didn't we lose one of my favorite people? And I and I just realized I didn't even know he had been moved to a new position. Yeah, and and yeah, you, you can say his last name better than I. Cal, oh, Caligridis. Uh, so George Caligridis. Caligridis. So, so when I was a, when I was I'm at yeah, names. I was a cast member at uh, Grand Floridian, and he was the general manager. He came up through the ranks to general manager and there's, I can't remember if he was uh, in hospitality, if, if he was in food and beverage or housekeeping or. Custodial. He was a cast member on opening day in 1971. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So he, and he was great with people. So he was the general manager at the hotel and he was amazing with all of us. And then he went over to uh, Euro Disney at the time, which was Disneyland Paris. And he was there for a couple of years. They kind of move them around and they get a bunch of experience and resorts and parks and Disney. Then he was at Disneyland for a while in uh, California. And then he was the uh, 
head of uh, uh, Walt Disney World. But yeah, so he will now be uh, responsible for developing strategic and operational business initiatives, as well as best practices across sites and lines of business. Wow, that's kind of that is quite the fascinating job description. Uh. <laughs> So they, I don't understand that job description. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. So strategic and business and operational business initiatives. Uh, so it sounds like he's he's going to be doing a lot of uh, systems uh, and uh, strategy control. Uh, but then also because he, he has been part of a lot of opening teams. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, of course, but then also Pandora uh, has happened under him. Um I thought they did but, a but great it's, job it's, on Pandora. It's interesting. I'm, not, I'm not too sure. The jury's still out for me on Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand. Do you think Sharpie, because of Galaxy's Edge, they made all these changes? or, or And then that's why they're moving or shifting people around so, in management? Well, okay. So I, I'm going to give you Sharpie's take here. So Sharpie's take, you know, I, I typically think of Disney from a very, from a very business and operations perspective overall. After, after the recession started to ease off, like start 2008 had had our had our our our, our stock market crash incident in October. Immediately, Disney. Started what what I would consider a fire sale. Have they've had some of their deepest discounts in the history of the resort as from a percentage basis? They introduced new types of discounts. They added days onto tickets. They added, of course, free dining plan. Free dining in 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 the in the 2008 to 2010 11 era was all over property. A lot of inventory. And it really evened out the attendance across the property. So in rolls the magic band system and their ability to kind of control crowds and predict crowds a little bit more and track crowds and do more data analysis. It has gotten to the point now where Disney doesn't have a true low season. They have some low weeks, but they no longer have months that are slow. They have weeks that are slow within months. Summer is now a slower season than what it ever has been. And now fall is a huge travel season and the holidays are huge travel seasons. However, after that huge bump in demand after the 2008 recession with all the discounting and all of that, Disney became overcrowded. They had trouble controlling their crowds. It was really impacting the guest experience. So they needed to reduce crowds. But they, at the same time that they wanted to reduce crowds, they didn't want to reduce revenue. So ticket prices have climbed. Resort hotel prices have climbed. Discounts have become greatly limited. Uh, it. it where you could book anytime, and if a, if a new offer came out, you could switch to that offer, change to a much lower rate, uh, and and go on about your business with a lower price Disney vacation. But now they have rolled out their increases at such stages to where 
most prior bookings are either going to come out as a wash with a promotion change because the ticket prices have changed or the promotion that comes out is about the same as what came out months in advance. But now the newest discount is just to discount in the short term. So when you look at from the operational perspective of Disney, their attendance is down, their revenue is up. Introduce 2019, where uh, the United States is is at the verge of, of, of of a trade war standoff. There's rumor of a recession happening. They've invested a billion dollars on both coasts to build Galaxy's Edge. And by all measures of park attendance, guest excitement, and guest polling, both of those new lands representing billions of dollars of investment flopped. So operationally, Disney has a lot of work to do and has some ground to cover if they want to end their year well, because in in Disney World, uh, I don't mean Disney World the park, but in Disney's financial world, this is their new fiscal year. So at this point in time, they have to do some major strategy shifts with the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort coming up, all the development that's happening there, all of the construction that's happening at Epcot. I believe they're beginning to make some changes because they're going to be making more changes operationally on top of all of the construction. So long story short, I think Disney is bracing to make more strategy changes in how they do business. And I think they're getting ready to make some bigger changes in terms of how they book business, how they sell business, how they manage business and how they forecast their business. But that's just Sharpie's perspective. Well, yeah. And then you add universal on their heels, announcing that they're going to launch their, what they're calling their fourth theme park. Um, and, and all the land that they bought and they have, they, they new hotels. Yeah. And more hotels and super value rate. Yeah. And those are, one of them is open and the other one, I was just over there uh, yesterday and the other ones is close. Yeah. So it's like $79 a night over there by wet and wild, which uh, they, they bought all that land. Um, and then they'll do more hotels and things out in the expanded by the fourth theme park. And then I rode the Hagrid ride, which was phenomenal, Lauren. That was, oh God, that was the best. I mean, I did not get off the Millennium Falcon. Uh, I enjoyed that ride, but that Hagrid's ride, which is just the one ride, not a whole land, was awesome. I waited, uh, it said two hours and I waited almost two hours. It was just a little, it was like an hour and 40 minutes and it was, it was worth it. I think Disney is beginning to take Universal more seriously in terms of being not a competitor, but a threat to their base business. Yeah, we were there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and drove back Tuesday. And on um, we had plenty to do on uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday on those two parks and, and Halloween Horror Nights added in. So, And when Universal Studios opened, it was a day experience when islands of adventure was introduced it became a two-day experience now it is to the point where universal could could potentially if you're the type to relax at your resort explore parks at a leisurely pace you could very easily spend a full week 
at the Universal Orlando Resort and not not be bored and not be strapped for stuff to do. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I mean, the one thing I was so excited for them to do Star Wars. Um, but I think the, which, which I didn't think of, but the Harry Potter movie lends itself so well now that you figure it out and you see it, that it lends itself so well to a theme park experience versus the Star Wars movies or maybe the pieces of the Star Wars movies they, they used. I mean, because the Harry Potter films have lots of cute characters. They have wands. They have magical spells. They have uh, they have the place where they go Diagon Alley to get their wands and their spells and their all the merchandise and their weird candies. And they have all that stuff. There's like So when you walk into Diagon Alley at Universal Studios, there's shops and activities and people and buzz and there's just stuff. The second you walk in, there's so many things to do, buy, see, explore. And I feel like I know there's the marketplace at, or the, you know, the merchants, I guess, over at galaxy's edge, but I feel like you just walk in and there's a lot of stunning rock work and neat looking, I don't know, like vehicles and spaceships, but there's just not, you know, like we went to the candy store, we looked at the magic tricks, we looked at the owls, we did the wand thing, we rode a ride, we got ice cream, you know, there, and then they bought some weird candy, and then they took a picture here, then they rode the tra- the Hogwarts Express from one park to the other. I mean, there's like, there's things to do. And then I felt that at Galaxy's Edge, I was, I felt like, okay, this experience is $200. One person can go in with you. And, and there's just not a lot of, and that's Activity. the difference that in, in my opinion, that's where the big difference comes in experience is because Disney cranked this up to limit access, the virtual queuing, and they, they haven't needed any of it because the demand just isn't there. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, and then I feel like if I do the lightsaber thing, I'll do it once, you know, but I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to do it again for $200 and I'm not going to do the droid again for a hundred dollars. I just, I don't know. Um, so that's what I, and they, and they have really nice restaurants and, and they have butter beer and I, I don't know. So I feel like they need to, but, but star Wars doesn't have a lot of that stuff. They don't have candies and you know, they, they don't have any of that in that movie franchise. So I don't know. And as I've said time and time again, they're still looking <clears throat> for their butter beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, had I, agree. A, I had a butter beer. It was amazing. It was so good. But, um, so yeah, so they're going to mix up the management and see, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if it, you know, if it's, you know, the management, nobody knew it was not going to be a hit. It's not like it was their fault. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's just a circumstance of, but yeah, there were things that have definitely led up to, I don't think the, the magic band, but like all of the Disney technology, it's, it's a challenge when they roll things out and it seems to continue to be a challenge to uh, keep it going. Uh, but they do that across all their technologies with, you know, booking engines and everything. They um, seem to have issues getting them going. And then other things when new systems come on that mess them up. So I don't, I don't know. So hopefully. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so Josh DiMauro from Disney's uh, Disneyland resort in California is headed east 
Walt Disney World Resort. Hmm. He's been president of the Disneyland Resort since March of 2018. Oh, wow. He hasn't even been that long. Nope. Wow. Huh. So now he's moving to world where there's a lot more stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's said that this is the 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 most significant transition of Disney park leadership in the organization's history. Hmm. It's interesting because it was going well for so long and then they on top of it they would make additional funds on parking and on uh dessert parties on the uh on the boats when they weren't in service and they seemed to eke out all kinds of extra add-ons and so that they were even making more money and extending Halloween parties to be you know more and more each year and the Christmas parties and there so there was no lack of uh additional revenue coming in from those things but <clears throat> I feel like everything is extra now well, there's the, all of that, yeah. You know, I, I, it's a little disappointing at times because I, I feel like they're getting away from so much of what that, what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, and I, I get it's big business. I get it, but it just makes me sad. Yeah, it definitely. Um, so the pendulum has definitely swung all the way to the other side, and now it's sounds like it's slowly going back the other way um which will be nice to see how that works itself out but yeah i i understand i don't think it's ever going to be calm again and i oh, don't think you're ever no. going to see better pricing again well uh well nope. the problem is is they have to pay for all the i mean it used to be they would make a new ride every couple of years and it would be at one of the parks and you'd be like hey and in three years there's going to be this new ride and then that park would have a new ride for a year or two, and then another park would get a new ride. And now they've have they have to pay for all these things. It's like every six months. Well, and I or think whatever. what you said with Universal, they're trying to one up everybody. Each each park is trying to one up the other one. Yeah, and then they have Universal <clears throat> taking part of their lunch. Um, and Universal is no longer a day trip over to you know to spend half a day there. It's you stay at a yeah, really they're nice. Losing people for days. Yeah, you we stayed there for three, three days and we had express, um, and we got on and off everything. And we, there were still things we didn't do at both of those parks. And we only got to enjoy our really nice resort pool, uh, one night from like eight to 10 PM for a couple hours before, you know, at, at late at night. Um, they do have odd, sometimes you can, you gotta watch the, the times like on, uh, Monday, they both closed at six, both of the parks, which was, I was like, oh my gosh, they close in an hour. <laughs> so you're like running around. Like, why do they close right, at right. 6 p.m.? So you got to watch those, the dates. I mean, then I looked in the future, some are seven, some are eight. The weekends, you know, Friday, Saturdays, Sundays are, are, are much later. Uh, but, and then they have uh, Halloween Horror Nights on some nights. So they close early for that, you know, the one park and the other one stays open until eight. Um, but yeah, so some of the nights are a little earlier because they don't have as many people going. Um, but yeah, you get on and off stuff, especially if you stay at a at a on site resort over at Universal, and then you get the Express Pass for free, and you you can get on and off whatever you want. But yeah, um, the the girls talked me into Universal for two days <clears throat> in December. We're going. It's awesome. They had me cut two days off at Disney. 
It's so much fun. To do Universal. They're both, I mean, Disney, I, I like both. They're both great. They're di- they're Me totally too. different. They're totally but different. But they haven't books. done Universal in a while. Uh, it's, it's, it's really good. And, well, and you did that. You did the uh, Hagrid ride. The Hagrid ride is amazing. Yeah. They don't like it when I do things that they haven't done. It kind so of they haven't done off. that with that. The, the surprise on that ride, which I'm not telling anybody like you did not, is is the best Amazing. thing ever. It was Agreed. so awesome. That's right. You hadn't done it yet, right? No, it was amazing. That ride. See, wasn't it good that I didn't tell you? Oh, my God. That ride. And I didn't watch any videos. And I didn't watch anything. And I rode that ride. And that ride is, it's smooth. It's You it's were just so smiling ear to ear the entire thing. I rode on the motorcycle side. It doesn't matter which one you're in, but, and, and it is just, it's just a, it's unbelievable. And then there's the special effects and all, uh, it's, and then there's this one moment that is just, it'll blow you away. Yeah. It's really cool. It is the best thing. And it was, if it says two hours, you, you still have to do it. We waited, it said two hours and we did it. It was worth it. Cause you, you just relax in the queue and you, see what's going on and it's it's definitely it goes by really quick yeah ours posted at 120 and we waited 60 minutes yeah ours was 120 and i think we waited an hour and 45 minutes so it, i was hoping for the hour the one hour but no it's amazing so you have so much fun all right so that's our quick update on the skyliner if you've uh, been on the Skyliner. Post some videos or post what you think on over at our Mouse Chat Facebook page or our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group. That's the best place to uh, get in touch with us, leave questions, comments. Uh, you can email us at comments at mousechat.net. And uh, next time, Lisa will be back with Lauren from the Bahamas. So we'll have a update on the Bahamas, all inclusives, everything going on there. And Lisa will get to intro the show and end the show. <coughs> so you guys, Yay! I know Back everyone Lisa. will be happy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and yeah, and if you have show ideas or topics or whatever, you can also in our Facebook group over at uh, Mouse Chat Fan Community, post those there and we will try to add them as show topics. So thanks again for listening and join us again next time on Mouse Chat. <laughs>